Coming up on the Branding Deep Dive Podcast. Let's make no mistake about it. There are 10,000 millions of us who are podcasting now and marketing and everyone's a coach and everybody has their own secret sauce to making millions. That's great. All the power to you. But if you want to stand out from that group of those 10 million people who are doing the exact same thing, you somehow have to figure out what you're good at. It may be similar. You and I may be very similar in how we do it. But what is that one edge that I might have over you that I can make my solution, my value proposition unique to what I'm offering and then set about doing that with passion and purpose. And that is sort of the way we try to approach what we do. This is Ahmed Shima and welcome to the Branding Deep Dive Podcast. If you're new here, this is a podcast where we have in-depth discussions about what brands are doing well to drive customer loyalty and how you can take those principles and apply them to your own brand. Today, we're talking to Lisa Staff and Devo Tindall. Lisa and Devo are award-winning photographers who came together to start Sprout Connectors, which is a full-service creative agency with a focus on social media management and content storytelling. They help small businesses strategically use social media to grow their brand. In this episode, we dive deep into the principles behind developing your own brand and voice on social media. How do you actually put yourself out there and get past the mental barriers that come with the territory? If you've been sitting on the sidelines waiting for the perfect moment to start putting yourself out there, this episode is a must listen. Now, here are Lisa and Devo. All right, Lisa and Devo, welcome to the show. I am very excited to uh, talk to you guys today about uh, a whole bunch of things. I really want to uh, learn from you guys and your story. Uh, before we get into it, uh, can you guys briefly explain who you are uh, and what you do for the audience that may not be familiar with you guys? Uh, let's see, where do I begin? So when I was first one years old, <laughs> I sort of had this epiphany. <laughs> Lisa and I, we own, we own Sprout. We co-own Sprout Connectors. And uh, so for lack of a better word, we are social media branding strategists that help small businesses sort of understand the purpose behind social media, as opposed to just going up there and posting your narcissistic selfies. We teach people how to strategically utilize social media as an infusion to everything else they're doing in their branding and marketing strategy. It's not the one focal point that they should exclusively focus on. And a lot of people think, you know, sort of field of dreams concept. If I build an Instagram page and start putting a bunch of nonsense out there, people are going to suddenly start buying from me. So the, the, the purpose of what we do is to not only manage those services for our clients, but to strategically teach them the efficacy behind it, the purpose behind it, and how to utilize it and mix it into their traditional marketing, their digital marketing, all the different strategies. In a nutshell, that's what we do. And we also do simultaneously to that, which is sort of part and parcel why we're relatively unique in what we do. We are a mixture of left and right brain. So we're very creative. Uh, we're both content creators. Traditionally, we both owned our own photography and video business for over 20 years. Um, so we've been creating content for the better half of our professional lives. And so part of social media and part of digital marketing and, and branding in of itself is being able to tell your story with real impact. And so we mix the creative side with the pragmatic business side to help you grow your brand. And I think a lot of it is very intentional too. People just don't know where they should be aiming all their efforts into. And especially since we deal with small businesses, they just don't have the time or they can do it in spurts and then they fall off the grid. So it, it's being intentional helping to share their story or helping them to find their story and be pointed about it so that they get the most bang out of their buck. If they're doing something, are they pointing in the right direction? Are there other social media outlets? Are there other ways that they can be putting their value and their intellect out there to connect with those people that are part of their tribe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing you guys mentioned is uh, building a brand based on purpose. Uh, and, and I think one of the things we see nowadays, uh, and I think more and more so with TikTok, and of course it's been there before as well, is you see a lot of people that are becoming really famous or they're gaining a big following very quickly off of following trends uh, and doing something that everyone else is doing, right? And, and what I'm curious to really understand from, from your point of view is, 
as a small business owner or a personal brand, how do you avoid the trap of uh, just trying to follow the next trend? Uh, and really, where do you begin? Like, how do you think through that beginning process? Like, I don't have social media right now. I want to start creating. I want to find my tribe. What's the way to do that with purpose rather than just following every single train that, trend that you see that pops up? Can I just, before Devo drops some knowledge, when you're talking about that, it reminds me of being in high school, right? What are the cool kids doing? And everyone's trying to jump on that train. And then you realize that there's life after high school. Mm. And those people that were the cool kids, and I'm not, I'm not shaming anyone, but those kids that, you know, maybe they were the all-star athletes, but that's as far as they got. And 20 years later, they're still talking about that and they haven't moved on because they haven't figured out what their story is or what their dream is or what they really are good at besides that. So there are situations that, you know, maybe that's your, maybe that is your business, you know, teaching people how to dance or whatever, and you can jump on that. But for the clients that we deal with, they're, they're so much more and they're not just a trend. They're, they're giving value back to, to the people that they're dealing with. So they need to be consistent and pointed and strategic and not regret anything that they're putting up there. That's just my take on it. Now, Devo, since you were a football star, you tell me how it, how it goes. You should, you should be forewarned <laughs> on that. If you're an athlete, you're going to be screwed because Lisa mocks athletes makes fun of them relentlessly. And I was an athlete in high school and I was damn good at it. I actually went on to become a college athlete because you I was weren't so just an athlete. You were, but yes. I don't talk about that now. So I'm just joking. I was the kid with braces being pushed into lockers. So I still have some issues I need to work out. Yeah. I, I don't go out to the bars with my high school letterman's jacket on anymore with my pins out front. So I'm covered there. Um, I, I like the question. I, I think it's funny you asked that question, Ahmed, because this morning I just did a post on my Instagram, which if you're not following, you should. Um, Shameless we, plug. <laughs> we sort of get caught up in this conundrum of, and Lisa and I did a podcast on this a while back called Comparisonitis. And we sort of get caught up in this idea of, of comparing ourselves to others. And, and my post was sort of centered around, it's almost impossible not to given the day and age that we live in, it's basically impossible. And it's not necessarily unhealthy that you do that. The problem that you run into is when you get caught up in that comparison-itis, if that becomes basically your exclusive pathway of doing what you do, because you're only following what everyone else is doing, you sort of never really develop your own brand, your own identity, your own purpose. And so, I look at other people's content on a regular basis. I listened to your podcast this morning for tips. I loved your introduction. So I'm going to actually reframe because we have a shitty introduction. I'm going to reframe how we do our introduction sort of based upon how I compared myself to what you did because I thought it was markedly better. Now, if I just took that as my only way going forward and I didn't develop my own brand, my own cadence, my own style, then... I've never really defined who I am as a person, who I am as a brand, who I am as an individual. So our job is to use the data that's presented to us. And that can come in the form of content, that can come in the form of actual real data, that can come in the form of watching what other brands do really, really well. And then, then use that and find our own secret sauce, our own recipe for what we can do to make our own story more relevant to the people who want to follow us. The problem with following the next TikTok star or the next trend is that, like you said at the outset of that, everyone is doing the exact same thing. So you're sort of trying to get in line to have the same followers that are following the same everyone else, right? So if you can somehow differentiate what you do, and let's let's make no mistake about it, there are 10,000 millions of us who are podcasting now and marketing and everyone's a coach and everybody has their own secret sauce to making millions. That's great. All the power to you. But if you want to stand out from that group of those 10 million people who are doing the exact same thing, you somehow have to figure out what you're good at. It may be similar. You and I may be very similar in how we do it, but what is that one edge that I might have over you that I can make my solution, my value proposition unique to what I'm offering and then set about doing that with passion and purpose. And that is sort of the way we try to approach what we do. 
And I think a lot of it too, is we talk about analysis paralysis, you're analyzing what everybody else is doing. And, and just to, to bring it back to me, because I like talking about me, is um, I, have a, I have a small home. I love my home. I'm grateful for my home. I, I love the vibe of it. I enjoy it. And I've done some renovations on it lately. And I'm like, I'm going to kind of do a little before and after and show kind of my process. Now, my process is very small. And I was on Instagram. I'm looking at what other people are doing. And they're mansions, mansions. And I'm like, why am I going to put my small ass home out there? Really? And yesterday, we were working for a client in Atlanta. And as we're driving to this location, and I live in Hilton Head. There's, there's a lot of immense homes here, beautiful homes. We were driving past homes with moats around them like bridges to with built-in dragons it's like a castle <laughs> basically <laughs> and sometimes it, it 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 paralyzes you it's like what the heck am i thinking but again you know if if you are strategic about it if you know who you're speaking to who your audience is what your superpower is what your brand is offering then that gives you the ability to step past that doesn't it it gives you the strength to know that that's not your audience. Those aren't your people. But when you find your people and you speak to them, they're going to be loyal to you because you you know how to connect with them. You guys just and then and then you get a moat. <laughs> You'll make enough money, millions, that you can have a moat too. You guys just dropped a lot of things. I, I took quite a few notes of things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, I want to I want to start backwards with the kind of Lisa what you mentioned. You, you kind of brought up your superpower, uh, Devo. You brought up differentiator. Uh, I'm like, I'll, I'll give you an example, just personal. Like I'm someone who is into so much stuff that I have a hard time figuring out what it is that my superpower actually is. Right. Like I, I'm sure. Yeah. Devo, like just listening to your podcast and all the books you guys read. And it's just like, yeah, you guys are the same way. So how do you actually, someone like me, uh, how do I figure out what my superpower is and like, how do I start thinking about it, uh, and making sure that I am, focusing my energies in the right direction rather than chasing my tail uh, and not actually focusing on my superpower and just doing things that may not be as productive to uh, and as beneficial to my tribe, I would say. I got to go now. See you guys later. <laughs> Dio is an idea generator. He needs someone like me to crush his dreams sometimes. You need a dream crusher. <laughs> mm. I, no. I think, I don't know that we've really figured that out yet. I think uh, like anything else, you know, just to make an analogy, the infrastructure of your home, you're building a new home, you know, you don't start building from the roof and, and start adding on all the sorts of bells and whistles, right? You sort of, you have a foundation that you start with. And I think early in my career, and I don't know how old you are, I think I'm older than you, um, even though I look amazing for my age. I, I started off in the corporate world and I was simultaneously doing like 15 different side hustles. Like I was basically a go-go dancer. I was playing soccer. I started the men's soccer organization. Like I was literally all over the place. So I'm, I, I feel you. I think it wasn't until I really, and then, so then I'm going somewhere with this. So then I launched my business full-time after I left the commercial corporate world. And I was like, I was a baby photographer. I was doing dog photos. I was photographing stills of people's like whatever. And I'm all over the place. And, and so when people will come to my website, it was like, there was photos of leaves and photos of dogs and photos of people's and maternity and boudoir and like all over the place. And it was really hard to sort of understand who I was and what I did. Like go to a website and if you've experienced this before and, you know, and they're selling cars, but they're also selling plants and they also sell suitcases and they also sell massage services. You're like, what, what the fuck does this person do? Right. So, so the sort of the, for me, how I really kind of refined that is I took a step back and I, I, I started making a, a sort of a journal on the things that I really love doing best. And I love taking photography and I love branding and I love helping and educating. But I also realized that I hate photographing babies for the most part. I hate photographing dogs because they usually have some sort of crazy you shit that happens. The the other day. I literally got <laughs> bit by a dog. Like, so I started realizing as much as I love taking photographs, I don't actually love doing all of the parts of photography. Same thing with branding. Like I love coming up with ideas, but I don't necessarily like managing my client's social media pages. Like I don't really want to be on your feed at midnight commenting back to all of the people that have commented on your pretty new heels that you wear, Ahmed. So I started realizing that number one, I need to hone in on the things I love most that I love doing most 
What am I really good at in that category? And where can I start where I can really put the Pareto principle, the Pareto principle into play, which is that, you know, 80, 20 law, where can I put most of my energy into, to achieve the 80% of what I really want out of this. And I really realized that I focused on, I started focusing and dwindling down on what sort of services I offered to my, to my clients what I was really good at. And then I hired really good people to sort of fill in the minutia that I can't handle or don't want to handle. And I started just keeping those other things out there. Like I, I, I like to read books as you obviously can tell, and, and I want to write a book, but you know what? I don't have the time to do that just yet. So I've sort of just kind of put this over in the space of like, here's my have to do's, here's my nice to do's, here's my wish list. And here's the things that I'll get to, you know, in my next life type of thing. And, and it's allowed me to sort of clean up some of the subterfuge of my life, if you will, and kind of hone in on more of a niche product. And what mm. it's done is, is it's allowed me to speak to my specific tribe because now I'm speaking a very specific language to a very specific group of people. And they're hearing that and seeing that. And that's what sort of allowed me to scale a little bit deeper. And I, I think there's so many important things that you said there. Um, you didn't mention me, so that was kind of a slip up, but I think you really need to to reflect on things. You need to take the time to reflect on things. And I think we all kind of, there's ebbs and flows in our business. And there's some, some things that you're having a day and you're just like, you know what? I'm not enjoying this. Why am I not enjoying this? Maybe this isn't the right fit or I'm not doing it the right way. And when you're talking about niching down, that's that's a way to do it, to listen, to listen to people around you. Like, hey, what am I good at? Or people are always asking you, hey, can you help me with this? What, how do you, how do you solve this problem? Sometimes it just clicks that, you know what, this is, this is a superpower that I have. I didn't realize that I was good at this. You just kind of take it for granted and, and listen to feedback as well. Whether it's your clients, your friends, people are talking back to you and saying things, take that into account to kind of help direct where, where the strengths are right now that you can build that foundation that Devo was talking about. And we do that particularly with our clients because a lot of our clients don't realize that or they're in the weeds or they're busy with with you know feeding their other clients the things that they need and being order takers. Sometimes you need to to have that moment, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with someone like us that we do shameless plug branding strategy, whether it's a coach that you have or whatever, sit back, pull back, and take that time to have someone ask you those questions, do some work on to what you know, what's what's the reason why you're doing this? What's your why? All those other things that we hear all over the place. You really need to do those. You can't jump past those steps. It sounds like for someone that is really into a lot of different things, it's the strategy is kind of similar to uh, like a marketing campaign where you have to collect enough data to see what's working and then take a step back and double down on those things that you actually do like. And really comes back to introspection uh, and understanding what you like to do, number one. And number two, as Lisa mentioned, just getting feedback and finding out what you're actually good at and what people uh, actually look to you for. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Dio. Yeah, don't ask your mom for that feedback. Just <laughs> find people who are can be candid and literal with you and, and not offer you just a bunch of BS because um, it, you know that, that's a different conversation, but the type of people that you surround yourself with will also sort of help pave the type of path that you eventually go into, right? So, you know, one of the things that we have both done now is we've both hired our own business coach. Uh, and that business coach is sort of a no frills, no bullshit. Everything's on the table. Let's have a com candid conversation. And these candid conversation, they sort of turn into like a therapist session with you. But it's somebody that you don't have to tell your wife or you don't have to talk to your mom about it or even your best friend because, you know, really all they want to do is go drink with you. So you have this person your that's mom? just <laughs> the best friend. Yeah, my mom's a wino. You didn't know that? <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know where I was going to go. That I was going to say, oh yeah, the feedback piece. You know, the thing of it is, is that if you can make that list that Lisa's talking about, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an exhaustive list. Like, what are the things you really love doing, and how can you add the most value? right away. Like wh where can you really put your heart and soul into it? Maybe podcasting is your thing. You got a nice voice. You seem well composed. You're patient. You're a really good listener. Like maybe podcasting is your future. So finding some area in the podcast world that you really like talking about and start expanding on that perhaps. Like there's a bazillion things you can do, but and I, and, I, and I think if you can find the time in your life to do that, that's fantastic. But some of them are not going to be able to happen right away because you're not going to be able to focus on everything at once. 
And when you start writing that list, we both found that a lot of the things that we're writing down that we want to do or we're good at or we're excited about, a lot of them actually fell under the same compartments. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of similarities. And you're thinking it's a million different things, but really maybe that's one pillar right there. And there's Mm -hmm. another pillar. Maybe there's only three pillars when you start kind of organizing those thoughts. And at some point you need to decide, is this a hobby or a business? Because if Mm -hmm. it's a business, you start to need to look at what's the bottom line. And what, am I making a dollar an hour by the time I finish this? Am I doing a, like a Napoleon dynamite and it's like a dollar an hour that I'm earning, or is this actually a sustainable business and how can you achieve that and move past that? Cause otherwise you're going to get burned out. Well, you not only to get burned out, but you know, we're both creatives and it's an argument to say that we're all relatively creative in our space and not everybody is creative. And there's a reason for that, but how can you take the creative juices that you own and want to create things around and still be more pragmatic about it so that you can actually make money. Otherwise you're just going to be a starving artist the whole time. So uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, my three things for that would be is what do you really love doing? How can you solve someone's problem? And how can you be consistent and scalable with that? Mm. And those are probably the three things that you should ask yourself for everything on your list. So, you know, make your list of 50 items and then compare them against those three. Am I passionate about this? Does it solve someone's problem? And can I can be consistent about it? And you might be able to dwindle that list down to a couple of different things. And I like when you say about being consistent with it, because is it something that you're still going to, whether it's a podcast or a different business idea, is it something that you're going to want to talk about every single day? Mm. Is it going to have that longevity for you? Yeah, these are really good tips. Uh, appreciate you guys sharing. One thing you guys kind of touched on here is the the company you keep and where you get your feedback from. And I want to transition this uh, into this uh, section where like, you guys are partners in a business. And, and I'll tell you from my personal experience, I've done, I would say I've done a lot of hobbies with partners. Uh, but a lot of times what will end up happening is when it comes time to actually take it to a business, uh, they won't be as committed. You know, they, they want to do it when it's fun for them and when it's convenient for them. Uh, and then when it's, you know, when they have other things in their life uh, coming up, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I want to focus on whatever. Right. And so, a lot of the projects that I've worked on in the past have just been hobbies for that reason. So I want to I want to get some best practices for working with partners, and then what are you guys looking for, uh, and kind of how this relationship started, and uh, you know for the people that are, you know, either trying to start a business and they're looking to have someone, what should they be looking for? Or uh, it, like I mean, in my case, I, I kind of gave myself a pact that I'm not going to work with anyone. I'm going to go solo from now on. So. Uh, I mean, is that a way forward as well? So just want to get your thoughts on that. You want to take it or you want me to hit it? Um, So the way that we actually connected is actually a really good model for business. Um, Devo slipped into my DMs years ago, but um, we just started having conversations with like-minded people and, Mm -hmm. and we started having a conversation. So, you know, I've hired people before that were my friends and it's just not a good thing for your, your friendship, right? So if you find other people that you can connect with and that are inspiring to you and have the same stamina and zest for what you're doing, absolutely go in. But it's, it's, it's kind of a slow dating process, right? You want to take your time. You want to make sure that you align. It's taken Devo and I, it was probably about three years of us talking about business sharing ideas. We had our own separate businesses before we actually aligned and and decided what it was that we wanted to do together. So I think slow and steady dating is a good, good thing, you know, Mm. you know, don't go, what are, what are the bases, you know, (laughs) in business, (laughs) make those up, but just go slow and steady and make sure that you align and have clear expectations on what that is. And a lot of it is again, like we reached out to each other on, on social media It's knowing how to connect with other people because it's not just going to be the two of you if you're creating a partnership. You're going to need to be able to reach outside of your comfort zone, connect with other people that either are going to mentor you or um, connect you with other people that you're going to learn for, that you can help each other and reciprocate. And and I'll let you go from there, Devo. 
I, I th- all the things you said are great. <clears throat> I, I like your little reference there to the basis for business dating. I don't know. We should come up with that. So what would what's first, for, what's base first base be? <laughs> getting your getting your LLC together. Oh, that's yeah. I feel like that's that's further that's, down. Oh, that's probably second base, isn't it? Like yeah, in, yeah. I don't know. We should come up with that. That's a good podcast. <laughs> it, it's, I'm writing it down right now. Don't take it on us. <laughs> um, oh, let's yes. see. Let me reverse partnership agreement said. is in there too. That's, Let me reverse engineer what you said. So first of all, going solo is not a bad idea. If you, if you have a sustainable business model that doesn't require external forces supporting what you're doing, like let's maybe you want, maybe just want to paint houses. I have a friend who's a very successful house painter that he just goes around, you know, charges a nice fee to paint someone's home. Doesn't really need a lot of administrative stuff. He just kind of deals with everything. And that's sort of his thing. So you probably would need to decide if your business idea or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish is the sustainability factor equivalent to you being able to do cradle to grave, Swiss army knife, everything that you need to do without having to bring somebody in to avoid burnout. And if you can answer that and say, yeah, you know what? I don't really, I, I can paint homes for the rest of my life. I don't really need to have an administrator. I can basically handle all this. I will say that you might be limited in your scalability of those operations because maybe you want to expand your painting business to a different city or nearby or a different town nearby. And unless you figured out genetic modifications, you haven't cloned yourself to do that. You're probably going to have to figure out somehow or other to bring some other people into the fold. So Ways you there's many ways you can do that now by hiring contract workers through Upwork, for example. They do a really good job of vetting people for you. Most of them, my team and our team that we have together in our different businesses have come from Upwork. So that's a great way to to sort of mitigate that. I would say that if you really want to do something important with your life, figure out those three elements that we talked about in the previous discourse, and then develop some sort of a business plan around that. What does this plan look like? What's literally, what does this look like for you? And and what's the sustainability factor of it? How can you grow it? And, And then truthfully speaking, I would find a mentor, find a business coach, somebody who you can really have hardcore conversations with that has more experience than you do, has been down this path before and can help you sort of avoid the loopholes and pitfalls of running your own business. That's this, this sort of like this comrade in arms with you because they have your back. You have to pay them money to do that, but it's an investment in yourself. So that that would be a good way to start. And then once you've sort of built out those those fledgling things that we just talked about, how can you develop this eagle eye intensity around developing, creating, nurturing, building, responding, and solving a problem by the service that you're adding for people every single day and want to wake up every single morning to make that a bigger and better version of itself than it was the day before. And I think that will be, I don't know if that's a, that sounds sort of cliche, but sort of your building blocks for success. And I think a lot of what you said, I, when you when you get full on in your business, sometimes your head's up being in the sand, you're in the weeds and you forget the reason why you started. So you need to create those spaces too, that you can still create, that you can still have your, your vigor for it. And if you are partnering with someone um, like Devo in my life, I could do my business, he could do his business, but we're, I think we're better together. Um be with someone that you can you can be idea generators with. You're combustible together. You blow things up and you just are are exponentially better together. If not, it's like Devo said, hire people that can do those those smaller jobs on the side and you can push forward. Are you better together? And mm. that's yeah, that's a great point. And I didn't answer that part yet because I wanted to sort of let that digest with you. So Lisa's right, you know, not to get biblical here because it came before the Bible, but there's a scripture that was written by somebody much wiser than us. It said sort of when two or more are gathered in his name and, you know, Christians took that and did it for the reasons that they've taken it and other people. But the original scripture was sort of centered around collective consciousness. And when you're surrounded by people who make you better, who inspire you, who challenge you, who engage with you, who call your bullshit for your own bullshit, who force you to think about 
your life in a pragmatic and analytical and support you, by the way, all the while, while they're questioning you. I'm not talking about your critics because most people don't give a shit about you. I'm talking about people who genuinely even our moms sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm talking about finding people who genuinely care about your success and who have your back. And you know who they are. You've got a couple of them in your life. We all do. You know, we all have that those few people who no matter what it is, they're going to be there at four o'clock in the morning to help you jumpstart your car because you left your your, your lights on in your in your uh, cabin all night long. Like those are the type of people. And finding those people to vet your ideas with may not necessarily be your business partner. Your business partner may come along from someplace you never expected it to. But before you jump into bed with someone, literally and metaphorically, you kind of need to understand what the expectations are from you as a business owner and from they as a business owner and segregate the duties. Don't allow everybody to kind of play in the same um, sandbox because what happens is you, you're wasting each your both time because you don't both need to be there. But each of you has different value propositions that you bring to your own company. And so being able to clearly segregate that and focus on the things that you're good at, just like we talked about at the outset, getting into that value. What's Lisa's, Lisa's value to our company is significantly different than my value to the company. And so we both sort of made it. because a pack. I'm a woman. We both, yeah, we both made a pack that, you know, we're sort of, sort of, I'm going to focus on sort of one area of the business. Lisa's going to focus on the other area of the business. And then we come together and we share and we collaborate when needed, as needed. So I, I would suggest, and again, if this is a literal question for you, before you just go out and find a business partner, vet out your own business idea first, kind of get that foundation built for what it is, because ultimately you're going to be responsible for that. And then start surrounding yourself with people who can really add value to your life. And in that process, you might come across people that you think could actually be a real business partner and add real business value to your, to your business. And it's exactly what you said about being intentional about it, having your mindset on the right thing. Everybody talks about mindset and focusing and all of that, but it has made a difference in our business and what you're doing to create those experiences as well. Podcasting for us has been, it's not a money-making thing for us, but it's a mindful thing for us. We've been able to connect with amazing people that have raised our frequency and opened up opportunities for us, relationships with us, uh, communities, all of that, as well as the clients that we are um, helping with their branding and their social media. We've been able to connect with those people that fit with us, that we enjoy working with them and they're doing great things in the community as well as the other clients that we work with. We've been able to be intentional enough that I don't think it's just by chance that, you know, 95% of the people that we work with, we really enjoy working with. And we've, we've kind of put that into place that they're helping to raise us as well and bring us higher in what we do. And we're able to give them better um, value because they've, you know, we've raised each other and we've become a community that way. So that reminds me, uh, have you guys heard of Austin Kleon? Haven't heard the name. All right. So th this guy, uh, he's like a blogger, writer. Uh, and one of the things he has a book called Show Your Work. One of the things he mentions in there is that a lot of the people that we view as like lone geniuses, like lone wolves that just had a bunch of creative genius, they actually had a community that they were able to steal from, share ideas, develop, you know, and really have that like like you mentioned, Devo, the collective consciousness of trying to get better at that craft. So uh, I think that is a very powerful lesson for all our listeners. Let me ask you guys this. How many people do you guys know that started a podcast, but dropped off within like six months? Hundreds, literally hundreds. Yeah. Uh, same. Like I, I know like just in my own like little friends group, this is like, at least like everyone starts like one on sports, one on, you know, fantasy football, stuff like that. So you see a lot of these people just drop off, but, uh, you know, the, I have, when I started, I joined a group of these two other podcasters that were also doing it. And we've been able to kind of keep us going after a year. And it's, it's tough, you know, like things get busy, but having those people pushing you, uh, similar to kind of what Devo mentioned earlier is like, uh, so I actually stole my intro from like my heroes. Right. And then I, I was like, how, how do I craft this in a way that works for me? And then, I, I did it. And then in this group, like these other guys copied my intro too. And it was just like, you know, that's kind of the, the, 
you know, community aspect that you got to have if you're creative and, and really just kind of keep that going. So really appreciate you guys sharing that. So I'm going to bring it back to something that Lisa, you brought up earlier in this uh, analysis paralysis. I'm going to give you some context here. I, I uh, recently started posting some of my clips from the podcast uh, on Instagram. And one of my friends, so the, the friend of mine had a YouTube channel about two years ago now, and he did a vlog for like a month straight. And he, you know, he gained some traction. Uh, and, and then since then, he, he's just been stopped. So this guy, he sees my video and, you know, my background, I don't really put much effort into this, right? It's just, it's my basement, right? Like I'm, I'm here and I'm focused on making sure the audio is good. And my, my energy is going towards researching the guests and making sure that the guest has a good experience rather than uh, making sure my video, the lighting is nice and all this stuff. Um, and so he gave me feedback and he's like, Hey man, why don't you like fix the lighting here and there? And I was just like, dude, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. Right. Like I'm just trying to get better at this and him on the other hand, he hasn't posted a, a video in like two years because he's trying to get that perfect video. He bought a camera and everything. And it's just like, listen, I'm just going to keep going slowly and surely. And you, when you figure out your little perfect YouTube vlog setup, I'll, you know, let me know. And then I'll, I'll take advice from you then. But um, what I, what I want to bring this back to is like, you guys are people that are photographers, right? And you guys are getting paid to have that perfect product a lot of times. So how do you, especially for people that are just starting out in the content creation journey, how do you make sure that you don't get stuck in that analysis paralysis phase and uh, you just keep going? Uh, and then really like how important, I have my thoughts on this, but like uh, for, from you guys, you guys probably done what, like thousands of weddings between you guys and, and just photography events in general? I, yeah, thousands of shoots, thousands and thousands of shoots. Weddings is a very small part of it. A lot of it is commercial work and just normal people that you're using for advertising and things like that. So yeah, we, we're integrated with a lot of people. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so people like you that have a giant body of work, right? How are you thinking through, like, I mean, and you mentioned that you kind of have the same thoughts when you start something new, like with your house, right? So how are you thinking through that? And what are, what is advice you have for people that are looking to start in that journey uh, of creating some kind of content? Go ahead. I think I'm going to jump in here. We are always saying start by starting. If not now, then when? And that's kind of what we've done because as you start that process, you stumble, you learn, you make mistakes, you grow. And that failure creates just a, a different level of success. You build and you grow from there. So, you know, there's there's going to be those friends that you have that talk about things and I'm going to do this and this. And 10 years later, they're still talking about what they're going to do and they're waiting for it to get perfect. And and that whole analysis process, maybe for us, again, like I've got over 50,000 images just on my iPhone, just like random images. And sometimes you're paralyzed because you don't know like which which one should I post? Which one should I do or whatever? There's just so much of a selection. Sometimes it's it's the opposite. It's not too too little. It's too much. But what we do, as well as what we we do better for our clients than we do for ourselves usually, is we have a schedule, we have a structure, and we stick to it. And we just keep plugging through that. Everything is calendared. It's a month out. We're very intensive and purposeful about whatever we do and create that as part of your business. It's not haphazard. What are you going to post today? There's a strategy behind it. We batch our time so it's efficient and um, just a lot more thoughtful. Going back to your podcast question from what your I like what you, Lisa, just said. I agree with all that. Going back to your podcast and the quality of it. It's interesting. You know, we did another podcast, sorry, shameless plug on quality versus quantity. It's I encourage you to listen to it. It's an interesting concept that we sort of took a different beat on it. And while having good lighting is important, having good sound is more important having a structured purpose for your podcast is most important because that enables you to really talk about the things that you love, allows you to do the things that you really like, and it allows you to start attracting the type of clients that you really want to attract for the podcast. As it, as it relates to the paralysis analysis piece, I think, let me just kind of disclaim here. 
I have so much stuff to still figure out. Like I'm over here. Yeah. I'm great telling you all these things, how you should do it. But man, I have a business coach as well. That needs to tell me all the time and, and basically bitch slap me upside the head and be like, dude, you're not even doing what I, what you're telling other people to do. You need to pull up and start doing the same thing. So please note that this is not a holier than thou conversation. It's sort of like, I'm always working on literally everything that we've discussed so far. I thought you were the branding prophet. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I think the paralysis piece for me is like anything else. The first piece of it is sort of understand that it's happening, recognize it for what it is. Like you can clearly know that if you're trying to decide what to have for dinner tonight and it takes you four and a half hours to figure out whether you should have chicken or steak, you've got a problem. Like don't overthink it. That would be the first piece. Like, what do you, what is your gut saying? Like, I really want some chicken tonight. I'm, that's it. Go for it. And don't sit there. Once you can recognize it and see it for what it is, you'll see it when it's creeping in, right? Like, I don't need to have four hours to decide if I'm going to have chicken or steak tonight. I'm just going to be like, it's chicken tonight, steak tomorrow. So what happens is you start conditioning your body habitually to be more informed about it so that you can make better decisions about it. So that'd be the first piece around it. The second thing of it is, is understanding why you're overthinking in the first place. Maybe you had a bad experience with eating steak. So you're sort of questioning, should I eat that steak again? The Maybe you're a you vegetarian. Un- yeah, whatever it is. But the sooner as you can start to understand what the causes of this analysis paralysis are, you can triage them and address them. Again, half of the battle is understanding and knowing what the cause is in the first place, right? So the second piece is, is once you've understood those causes of sort of why you're overthinking, start making small choices Every single time you see that creeping in, that may not necessarily decide, hey, am I going to quit my job today? But I could go home at five o'clock when I get off my shift and get back on my podcast for the next three hours and start making quick, smaller decisions that what happens is over time, you start building this habit of like, shit, man, I made that decision pretty quickly. I can make the next decision. So you start building confidence around it and you start recognizing what the overanalysis was caused in the first place for. So you start realizing like, I'm not going to make that anymore because I see it creeping in. So I'm just going to make the decision right now that I'm going to have chicken because I want chicken. I really want to eat steak and I'm going to put some fajitas on it. Bam. So when you, you keep doing that over and over and over, what happens is you start building confidence. You start accepting yourself a little bit more. You start realizing like, look, man, I made some, I, I can do that really quickly, really easily. Now I don't need to sit there and like talk about it to all my friends. I don't need to get validation from my mom. I don't need my friends to tell me that like, once you start doing more of it, it just kind of snowballs itself. And then be okay with the decision that you made as, mm-hmm. as it relates to social media and the content that you post, you know what? You're going to have people who are going to send you DMs. I can't even tell you how many hate DMs I've gotten on on a position I've taken on something. Haters are going to be haters, man. You're going to have them your entire life. You, 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 I can't say you shouldn't care about that because you need to be understanding to the point of like, did I say something that was actually offensive and salacious that I probably shouldn't have, right? But if you didn't say anything and you came at it from a from a non-malicious perspective, there's going to be people who don't agree with you. Like that's going to happen your entire life. And the sooner you can learn to sort of accept that and just follow your passions and trust your gut on things, you're going to see that the paralysis sort of just kind of starts to dissipate away. Mm. And improvements cannot be made unless you've had the experience. You can't critique something that hasn't actually happened. So you need yeah. to you need to have that experience if you want to improve. And don't be afraid to experiment. Like, I don't know what the secret sauce. I'll 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 take this most ridiculous photograph, and I and I take some really good photos, and I'll post it up, and I'm like, all right, here they come. The fans are gonna line up, and it's like <laughs> crickets, crickets. I'll post some stupid photograph of myself saying some stupid tongue and cheek response, and people are like, the crowd goes wild. I'm like. What the fuck people care about my life so much for? So 
again, for me, for social media, I decided the purpose of my Instagram in particular is going to be my cathartic journal to share my weird ass mind with whomever else wants to share the weird ass mind with me. And so be it. I might say things that you don't agree with, but this is my perspective. This is my life. And this is my gram. I'm going forward with it. And that's sort of how I got rid of my paralysis analysis, because I'm actually a really private dude. I don't really want to share with you what I had for dinner last night or where I went traveling yesterday, but for some reason it attracts people to my business. So I decided to start doing it. And now the next thing, you know, I've got people following me and people asking me for business. And we're like, it's just sort of becomes like this self-feeding machine for us now. Yeah. I think what's really interesting is it seems like a theme in this podcast is just really being intentional, taking a step back and understanding yourself and, you know, really taking the time to be intentional uh, and purposeful really goes a long way. So I think that's really powerful. I think everything we've talked about kind of comes back to that theme almost. Um, one thing that I did, uh, you, you brought up kind of your Instagram and the purpose behind it. I, I think when I was looking at your podcast, uh, it's called Mind Body Business Podcast. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that stood out to me, I was like, these guys are, you know, brand strategists, digital strategists, photographers. And this is something that uh, normally I wouldn't expect, you know, a, a digital strategist to be a lot of these topics you guys had to be talking about. Right. So I wanted to just get through and talk about what the, what your purpose behind this podcast was. And I'm assuming it's probably similar to what you just mentioned uh, about your Instagram. Is that, is that how you guys are approaching it? Just sharing what's on your mind and what you guys are thinking through and, uh, or is there kind of a deeper business, is there a business purpose behind it as well? Or is it really just, Hey, this is what we want to share with the world. The business purpose is ancillary to the emotional purpose of it for us. I think for us, we are people collector. I have several in my basement right now, <laughs> but we're people collectors and all my life and all Lisa's life, we've been that way. And not to say that I'm like, let me make a differentiator between that. I don't like large crowds of people. I love small groups of really profound people who make an impact on my life. And I've always collected people that way. I try to surround myself with people who can make me a better version. And I've always been that way, as has Lisa her entire life. And now we have an opportunity where we can come together in his name or her name, depending upon your perspective, and both people collect. So it compounds, right? But the podcast for me has been sort of a, 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 a kind of a keystone so that we can connect with other people who are operating in a same sort of, I hate this word because everyone uses, but sort of this conscious awareness space of life. We're all looking for something bigger and better. We're all trying to improve something a little bit more each day. We're all very introspective and look back and be like, you know what? I could have done that a little bit better. I could have handled that a little bit better. I could have done this. I could have been a little bit kinder, like all these sorts of things. And because our podcast centers around really the, the cornerstones of our lives, our minds, our bodies, and our business, and our business is sort of a metaphor for everything else, we use that as a, as a, a participle to shed our personal thought seed, because we can, and to collect people who can come back in it and make our, us a little bit better. And so what we've done is we've built this really, and there's the po point to all this, uh, in the next year, we'll be launching our first ever physical retreat. I'm putting that out there. And most of the people that are going to be part of that retreat in, in a various role are going to be people that we've collected through the podcast, through our business, through our engagements with other people in a physical world as opposed to the virtual world. So I'm just throwing that out there, universe, so the universe hears it. But for me, it's been sort of this way to connect with people who can make my life better. And in so doing, continue to grow our podcast because we're adding value, they're adding value, and other people are getting some sort of piece from it to make their life better. And it's, it's no shade on our friends. Like we, we have good friends where we live. I'm in a small community though. And especially when COVID hit and you're just like, wow, there's not many people to talk to that are that interesting, except my, my small group here. We've had this great opportunity to connect with people and have conversations with people that we never would have had the opportunity to. And sometimes we're, we're a little bit overwhelmed. Like, I'm not sure why they want to talk to us. They obviously think we're better than we are, but we, we, we ha we've had great opportunities and great connections and we've created a community. So that's been amazing being able to talk about things with experts in their area that, 
you know, again, no shame on my friends, but we would never be able to have a conversation together on that because, you know, they're experts, brilliant people. Right. We've had ayahuasca healers on our show. We've had plant therapists. We've had business CEOs. We've had coaches. We've had sex therapists. We've had debates on relationships. Like, where where else can you have those types of conversations with people? You can't just go down to your local pub and be like, hey, Frank, would you like to talk about X, Y, and Z today and see the participles of geoastrophysics and tell me whether I should smoke some shroom tonight or not? Frank's going to be like, dude, just put it back, bro. So that's what the podcast has sort of been for us. That's awesome. And on that note, uh, I know we're, we're at time. So where can the audience find you guys uh, and your podcast? You can find us on all the major channels, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and there's like 46 other channels I don't even know exist. Um, you can find us online at, at sproutconnectors.com. And then Lisa and I, we have our own respective Instagrams. Lisa's Lisa Staff Photo, and I'm Fusion Photog, Fusion, F-U-S-I-O-N, Photog, short for photography. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining. I had a great time. Thank you for having us. In case you missed that, I'll leave all the links mentioned in the show notes. Make sure you go and give Lisa and Devo some love if you enjoyed listening to them. Now, as always, I have my key takeaways, but before we get into that, I want to share a clip from our discussion with Adam Sinkus on building an online presence. To kind of understand this, we have two types of keywords. We have short tail keywords, which is like a single word, like roofing. And then we have long tail keywords, which is like roofers near me, right? So it's a, actually a phrase. And so you can start with a single keyword and then start to um, you know, expand that out into that long tail keyword. So roofers near me, roofing near me, roof repair near me you know um there, there's a kind of a long-standing joke the the marketer went to the bar bars restaurant bar and pub <laughs> you know if you enjoyed this discussion with lisa and devo i am sure you'll also enjoy the episode with adam check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast it is episode number 23 now here are my key takeaways number one don't give in the comparisonitis when you're just starting out in the journey, it can be easy to look at what other people that are successful are doing and just try to copy them. It's important to develop your own voice and not give in to this concept of comparisonitis. And number two, leverage the power of collective consciousness. When you surround yourself with people on the same mission as you, you'll be surprised at how quickly you're able to grow compared to when you're trying to do it alone. And that is all for this episode. If you enjoyed this discussion, please share with a friend and leave a review. It means so much to us. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week.